Hey, it's Matt Bovee from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. This NFL offseason, we can fit 25 hours in a day, and that's because of podcasts that make you more productive. When you're folding laundry, paying bills, making omelets, or any other tasks that you've got to get done, listen while you work. Do your chores and be entertained all at the same time. It's all about the bills, the news, insight, analysis, and of course, some jokes too, on demand, so it fits into your busy schedule. Follow the It's Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Hey, Bills Mafia, we know there's only one topic every day, all Bills, all the time. And now Matt Bovee and Sal Capaccio are going really deep, talking Bills all year long, because it's always game day in Buffalo. All right, welcome to the always game day in Buffalo fantasy football draft. I'm just kidding, it's not, but I feel like every single time I talk now, I'm talking about fantasy football because it's that season, Matt. How many drafts are you in? I had four leagues this year. It's probably too, too many. I think my sweet spot would actually be two leagues, but yes. you know, a couple leagues that I've been in for a long time that obviously I'm not going to leave. So yeah, I, I, four leagues, but it's kind of a lot. It's a lot to juggle because then you get that point where you're rooting for uh-huh. one player on your team in a league, but then you're playing against that same player in a different league and, and it's hard to keep track of everything. Uh, you know, it's funny. I agree with you about one thing you just said, the first part, which is, I'm in the same spot. Like I have like four leagues. Two are like my legacy leagues. I've been in a long time. When I call legacy, not dynasty, but I've been in them a long time. When I started in Florida, I don't run it anymore, but I'm still a, a part of it. And then one up here in Buffalo, both like 25, 30 year leagues. Then there's a guillotine league. I'm in with Jeremy White who started, which is a really cool format. And, and then there's another one. Um, I actually played this little league with my wife and son. My son, who's nine, wanted to do a fantasy league with just me and her. So I had to come up with a unique way. So we literally, I literally just put together a thing where we each drafted three quarterbacks, like three running backs, four receivers, and we just went around and we drafted, and we're just going to have a cumulative total total for the year. So that's cool. what is the what does the winner get? Nothing for the winner. The loser has to buy dinner for the family at the end of the year. Oh, that's cool. Well, yes. Max, don't lose. <laughs> that's exactly right. Max has his little credit card. He's been saving up for other things, but let's hope he doesn't have to uh, pay for dinner. But I will also tell you, you know, what's funny is once I draft all my teams, even every week, like I don't, I, I kind of just let it play out. I don't think about who's on my team until the end of the day and go, did I win or lose? I'm not really actively watching because, you know, we're wrapped up in the game. We're covering or calling on the field. Like I am, I don't think about, oh yeah, yeah. I hope this guy scores a touchdown. Maybe once in a while it creeps in. Cause I know, especially late in the year, but honestly, I don't really kind of root or not root for or against players in fantasy. I just, I know my team Thursday, I set my lineup. I get it set by Sunday and then I just let it play out. And then I go back and look who was on my teams. Um, I'm the exact opposite. I think about it. Not, I think about it nonstop. My <laughs> league that I've been in for, it's about 20 years now dictates my mood for much of the early wow. portion of the week. Yes. Yeah. And this year I strategically, not just for this reason alone, but doing the job that we do, my Sundays are tied up basically from 10 AM until eight, 
8.30 p.m., somewhere in that range. So I don't get a chance to watch a lot of football. Like, I wish right. I could sit and watch Red Zone. Obviously, I'm going to take the trade off. I love what I do. I'm very fortunate to do what sure. I do. But this year, in the league that I really, really care about, I drafted Josh Allen and James Cook. Want to know why? Because I'm going to watch every Josh Allen and James Cook game this year, and I'm going to know how my players are doing because so many of the other ones, I just get the updates on my phone. I'm so superstitious with this that I can't look at my phone for the notifications because I get the notifications from the Yahoo Fantasy app, and I don't want to see if it's like a score. I don't want to see if it's somebody posted something in the chat. I, I just keep my phone face down during mm. games, and then I check at commercial breaks on the NFL media website that we use where we can see all the stats. I yes. manually look at the stats. I don't want to check the app. Okay, I'm going to tell you a secret. You might not know this. I'm going to tell you a secret. You can turn notifications off from those websites. You don't well, have to actually put your phone down and not look at it. But I want the notifications on every other day, not just Sunday. So turn it off on Sunday. You can turn it back on. You just have to remember to do that back and That's forth. the thing. I'll forget. <laughs> now, speaking of Sunday, Matt and I, we'll do our best to get you a post-game show after every single game. It's going to be a little different after this game on Monday night. So we'll come at you sometime in the next 24 hours after the game. We'll do our best to get it out. Matt and I have different schedules, how we travel. So especially home games, we'll make sure we get something pumped out for you after Every game. And of course, the first game is Monday night, Buffalo Bills, New York Jets. That's the Bills' first game. First game for the NFL. Thursday, Detroit at Kansas City. Maybe you're listening to this after that particular game. We're actually recording the morning of that game. So welcome to football season. We are here. The regular season is finally upon us. No more countdown to how many games or kickoffs or days of the NFL season. We're actually here. It's Detroit, Kansas City. We'll get into that a little bit later. Let's talk about the news of the day from one Bills drive on Wednesday. We show up to the media room. Sean McDermott first says Micah Hyde is not practicing. And then we go out and he's practicing. So we'll talk about that. But the bigger news was who is starting on Monday night. Mm -hmm. Three jobs and competitions that were basically up in the air. One was already basically decided and we already knew that. The other two were maybe could have gone any way. One we thought was trending in a certain direction, and it did. And then one might have been coming out of left field after what we saw in training camp and a guy being hurt. So why don't you run us through everything, Matt, and give us your take on each of them first. Okay, so the Osiris Torrance one was the one I think we all saw coming probably about a month ago. Osiris Torrance has had a really strong summer, and at times he's actually looked like maybe the most solid piece on their offensive line. There will be growing pains. He is playing in his first NFL game, and he's doing it against a beast and Quinnen Williams and a defensive line for the Jets yeah. that's really, really talented. But I still think they made the right call with Osiris Torrance. I think this also helps you because Ryan Bates is your next man up, and I think that gives you a really nice depth piece that you feel comfortable with if he does have to go into the game for either Torrance or Morris or McGovern, whatever it happens to be. That one was yeah. the least surprising. Let, let me let me just jump in on that. I think that's, the point you make about Bates is something we've talked about a lot, which is right, which is let's flip this. Here, here's why. Turn around. Let's say Bates wins the starting job. Okay, that's fine. He I don't think he played poorly last year. He's a, a quality starter. Yeah. But the, the backup then is strictly a right guard. It's Osiris mm -hmm. Torrance. Then you're, yeah. you're kind of pigeonholing you know, who you have where by Osiris Torrance winning it, as you point out, you have Bates now backup center, backup guard. They did keep Alec Anderson, who can be flexible as well. But I think just think that this was 
not only the right call, as you put it, also the best case scenario, I think, for the Bills. Yeah, and you like the depth that you have, at least on the interior of the offensive line. The tackles are still a bit of a question. I guess you mm-hmm. wonder, like, what is Alec Anderson, Vandermark, what could he do in an actual NFL game? You like David Edwards, you like Ryan Bates, you like those guys. So I think you feel pretty comfortable, at least with an improved offensive line on the interior. I think the line's going to be better the entire year because I think McGovern's is a pretty significant upgrade, and I think Osiris Torrance is a pretty significant upgrade. So we'll see there. Okay, then the second decision that they made was on Christian Benford. This one was not shocking by any stretch. Maybe a bit of a surprise, but it's kind of been trending in this direction the last few weeks. And given how they handled their final preseason game, it felt like Benford had kind of won the job. He was the first cornerback to come off of the field. They were not letting him get those reps in against second teamers and third teamers. There's something about Christian Benford that they just love. He's not flashy. He's very even keel. He doesn't get too high. He doesn't get too low. I like that he won the job. I that's think what that they love about him, by the way. That's yeah, what they for love, sure. right? I feel All of that, like, that you just said. I feel like Christian Benford is like, they're different players, obviously. A slightly more upside Dane Jackson. Mm-hmm. Steady, like consistent, yep. but can flash a bit more. And I think if that's what you're going for, then they make the right decision. And once again, now you have another player who you know who can start coming off of the bench in case you need them to. I mean, these are positions where players get banged up all the time. Unfortunately, for every NFL team, is not. it's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when you go through injuries. The Bills are going to go through them. Ryan Bates, Dane Jackson, Kyrie Elam, they're going to be on the field at some point. So I think it's a disappointment that Elam did not win the job given what they used to draft him a year ago and that he hasn't taken the next step. But that's not a surprise because at no point this summer has it felt like it was Elam's job to lose. Yeah. So let me touch on the point you made, Benford winning the job. Agreed with a lot of what you said there. I mean, he does remind me of a higher ceiling, more traits, Dane Jackson. And I I, want to make the point here that I don't think Dane Jackson's a bad player at all. No. I think he's been steady. He's been good for them. He was CB1 for most of the year last year. Dane Jackson doesn't hurt them in a spot or two. I mean, every corner does, right? You're like, oh, my God, Dane Jackson should have made that play. Dane Jackson's been a quality player for this team. But what they see in Christian Benford, I think, maybe gives them even a little bit more of an ability to make a bigger play here or there. And I think it was really more about the trust factor of making sure. And look, they trusted Benford to start last year, and then he got hurt. He had a couple he had the hand injury, the oblique injury. Now, you know, he's healthy. But, Matt, like, he's long. He, he really, I think he's good against the run. That's important in a Sean McDermott defense. And mm-hmm. I think the trust factor of being in the system for a year and understanding it even more so than last year when he came in as a rookie, he even spoke about this and said, like now a year in, he understands he's a better pro, he's more mature, all that kind of stuff. So I like this move. I think there's a lot worse players in this league to come off the bench than Dane Jackson as your number three. Speaking of that, there's a lot worse scenarios you could have than your number one pick of two years ago coming in off the bench. While it is disappointing, for Kyrie Elam to not win the job. Why it is, while it is disappointing for us to go, hey, that's a first round pick that seems like it might be a little sunk. And I agree with all that. I, I'm not telling you. I mean, right now, you'd like a lot more bang for your buck than your first round pick of two years ago than what you're getting at Kyrie Elam. That said, when that kid's played, he's played well. So if he has to play, it seems like he's just fine being on the field and you could do a lot worse. It's not like they're relegating him to the bench from what I know. I, I don't think he's going to be inactive. He was last year a few games, but if he's your if he's your fourth boundary corner, sure, that's like, okay, yeah, you'd like more out of your first-round pick. 
there's also a lot worse fourth boundary corners in the NFL. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I agree. Then it gets to the final one, which is the biggest position battle they've had the entire season, and that's because of the player that they are replacing with Tremaine Edmonds. Terrell Bernard was a surprise to me. Now, I want to preface it with this. Terrell Bernard was not a surprise to me because of the play of any of the people he was competing with. It was a surprise to me because he's been dealing with hamstring injury and we haven't seen him on the field in a game action this summer. So I thought they would say, okay, Tyrell Dodson, you're going to start the season. You're going to play week one. We're going to see how it goes. And if you don't look good, then guess what? We're going to trot Bernard out there and he is going to be the guy that plays. Nope. They didn't wait for that. They basically said, nobody won this job of the guys who actually got the reps. And Bernard, you're in. You're going to go up. And I don't know. There's so much unknown with Bernard. I don't know if he's better. I don't know if he's worse. Just because there's not really a ton of tape out there on him actually playing. Coincidentally, this is his second career start. And his first career start was last year in New York against the Jets. So he has played and started in that stadium before. Just makes you wonder, how will he do? Man, talk about just getting thrown into it. I think that there might be more upside with Bernard than there was with any of the other guys that were in this competition. Well, I guess besides Dorian Williams until we found out he kind of really wasn't in this competition. Mm -hmm. So I think there might be more upside with Bernard than anywhere else. But that's a lot to ask somebody for their second career start, opening the season, Monday Night Football against Aaron Rodgers. The biggest question mark. career start at this position, by the way, last year. His only start was in the same stadium against this same team, but that was for Matt Milano at the will linebacker spot. So it just, it it is without question, the biggest question for the bills at a specific position. It's how will they manage linebacker? They can insulate that position. They don't have to put as much on his plate as they did with Tremaine Edmonds, but at the same time, you can only do that so many times. I'm curious. I think they made the right decision, even though we haven't seen a lot of Bernard, I think they're banking on upside and they're banking on athleticism. I guess we'll find out if that's the right play in a couple of days. All right. So first of all, let me just rewind to you for a second. I just want to just throw this out there. I said Benford is longer back to corner. 61205 Jackson 511180. If you two have guys two two guys who are equal and one of them's a longer kind of athletic guy like that, I think that that leans in that favor. Okay, just wanted to make that point cuz I had mentioned that. Mm-hmm. To your point about linebacker. So Do you think, and it could be both, this is more of an indictment on Tyrell Dodson and what else was not there, or an endorsement of Tyrell Bernard? Indictment on Tyrell Dodson. So you don't think Tyrell Bernard won the job? Well, I think it's a combination of both. He kind of won it by default? You think Tyrell Dodson just lost the job and they said, we're going to find somebody? A little bit. I don't want to give Bernard no credit. And I don't want to put all of it on Dodson. I think Dodson did not live up to the expectations that they had set for him and what they were thinking they were going to get out of him. And maybe Bernard flashed enough in practice. I think Bernard would be the start. Like if Bernard did not get injured 
and played in the preseason games, I still think he would have won the job. But because he got injured, I thought that took him out of contention, at least temporarily, just because I didn't think they would feel comfortable throwing him into that situation. So I think it's a little bit of both to the question you asked. I think it's a little bit of what Bernard did, but it's more of what Tyrell Dodson didn't do when he was actually out there. Okay, I'm not going to disagree that you know Tyrell Dodson had a golden opportunity. He couldn't win the job. I totally agree with that. But I, I think, Matt, to me, like this is the guy that if you go back to, I don't know, March, April, I always felt Terrell Bernard, once they didn't draft a middle linebacker, to me, Terrell Bernard was the guy I think they wanted to win this job. To me, Terrell Bernard was the guy that they probably earmarked and said, we got to, like, we're going to probably put Tyrell Dotson there until we don't have to anymore. Kind of like corner with Dane Jackson, right? Um, But now I think with Terrell Bernard there, I think this is the guy all along they would really like for that spot. And this is the guy they wanted originally, and he winds up winning the job. I think they have a lot of confidence in him. Unfortunately, because of the injury, it just hasn't been able to play out. And now you're like, okay, can he handle everything when he hasn't had any preseason reps with actual game competition calling the defense against them? But I actually think this is the guy that going back to April, May, I should say, after the draft, that Sean McDermott probably thought, I think that's the guy that I'd like to win my middle linebacker job. I, I think so, too. It goes back to the entire Kyir Elam debate. When you use a premium asset on somebody, you want to see that player succeed and you want to see what that player has to offer. And I think even though it wasn't a first round pick like it was for Kyir Elam, they still used a day two pick on Terrell Bernard. So clearly they thought he was going to be somebody who could contribute. So now we're going to find out what he can do with a bigger sample size. I still don't think the leash is super long on him. I think that if he struggles with the expectations this team has, Christian Kirksey, come on down. Practice squad elevation. Maybe he gets activated to the 53-man roster. You probably just know what you have in Christian Kirksey. This is a different conversation if the Bills weren't a good team. If the Bills weren't a good team, you would say, oh, no, Terrell Bernard needs to play. You need to get those growing pains and have them figured out so he can be good when you're good. The Bills do not have that luxury. The Bills don't have that flexibility. They can't just say, okay, we're going to let somebody grow internally and just make sure that they get better each and every week until the playoffs. For the Bills, it's like, okay, we can do that for a little bit, but we need our best guys out there on the field no matter what because we're trying to win a Super Bowl. So that's why I think if Bernard struggles, it won't happen after one game. If he doesn't have a great game, I don't think they're like, okay, Tyrell Dodson, guess what? Now it's your turn. I don't think they'll do that. But if it's a month, and it's like, man, you could really get more from your middle linebacker spot, then I think we might be having a Christian Kirksey conversation. And then real quickly, just so fans are familiar, what um, Terrell Bernard brings. Terrell Bernard is an undersized middle linebacker. He is not Tremaine Edmonds. He doesn't look like him. I, I tweeted a photo of him standing in between Matt Milano and Taron Johnson, and people are like, oh, my God, he's as big as Taron Johnson, a nickel cornerback, which isn't untrue, really. I mean, he's not that big, but he's super physical for his size. He's very good at diagnosing. He's a really good athlete. He's a really good cover linebacker. When they drafted him, actually, he actually, to me, was thought to be maybe more of a matchup nickel linebacker they could put in passing situations. So I think he's he'll be fine against the run. I think the wear and tear, though, and sometimes maybe the bigger guys will have to go against when they block him. That's going to be a bit of an issue. And then him getting off the blocks, he's going to have to make sure he does that well enough. But hey, look, Tremaine Edmonds didn't get off blocks as well as a lot of people wanted last year, right? And if Terrell Bernard can find a way to do that. But I think the biggest thing more than anything is this guy is very physical. He's a very good athlete. He's going to find a way to get to the ball, I think, a lot like Matt Milano. I just worry a little bit about the size, I guess, and teams attacking him when they're a little bit bigger. Yeah, but it's the same thing. 
his skill set might have allow him to do things a little bit better yeah. than what they've had in the past because he is quicker and shiftier and should be. Tremaine Edmonds was an athletic freak. I do not want to say that Terrell Bernard is. He's so rangy though. It just yeah. helped, like he exactly. could like, turn one way and be there in a, in a hurry because of that. Yeah, exactly. So I think Bernard still has upside. Not that Dodson doesn't, but younger player used a much more premium asset to get that player. Now you get a chance to see what he actually can bring to the table. Terrell Bernard was a very, very effective and productive player in college. He had that one game at Baylor where he had like 18 tackles or something ridiculous in one of the big time bowl games. It obviously wasn't the national championship, but it was one of the big bowl games. I think he was the MVP of that game. So Mm -hmm. This is, even though it's a surprise, it's the right move for the Bills. All three of the positions that they decided on, I think they made the right move. I think that it was the smart thing for Torrance. That was a no-brainer. I like the Benford move, and I like the Bernard move, because you are just kind of banking on upside. And hey, got to roll the dice every once in a while, right? Yeah, let's uh, dig into this matchup a little bit, maybe where the Bills have an advantage or where there are some concerns.